This is a STEAM Channel program on UCTV. Go full STEAM ahead at uctv.tv slash STEAM, where science, technology, engineering, arts, and math converge. Hi, everyone. Dr. Stephen Mercer here, and today I have a guest who is an expert in financial aid, and with all the changes in college admission and all the uncertainties I think one of the biggest is all around college affordability and college costs. So today I'm very grateful to have Jody Oakham here, who's going to tell you a little bit about her background and we're going to talk and try to answer some of maybe some of your questions and for what's going on right now. And also thinking ahead a little bit to um, the future of paying for college and how this pandemic might impact uh, financial aid, scholarship and all those really important questions. So welcome, Jody. Really excited that you're here. I, I, I'm grateful for your time. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I've been in financial aid for about 12 years, and I started at Occidental. Uh, I've been working in their financial aid office uh, as a seasonal employee, uh, sometimes full-time, sometimes part-time. I've also worked at uh, Pitzer uh, in their financial aid office, and I help families privately. Uh, I have a book and I think that's enough about me. <laughs> great. Well, I know that you've been a really great resource for me and the families that I'm working with. So hopefully we're going to have some really interesting things to talk about today. So I'd like to take an approach to kind of think about it this way. I want to talk a little bit about what I'm thinking about is before the pandemic and after, or maybe it's more like during because we're, we're, we're still in it, but the effects are, are really hitting uh, or starting to hit. So let's just for a moment talk about the before. You know, could you just share with, and we'll probably spend less time on before and more on the after or during, but could you share with us, you know, what, what's your general advice that you give to families um, when they come to you and say, hey, we need help with financial aid. We don't understand this. What's your, what's your standard set of advice that you give to people to help them understand this process? I mean, that's a great question. I'm considering today's May 1st. So, uh, and what's the significance of that? I mean, remind us. So May 1st is commit day. So today's the day that all students, if they're seniors are enrolling in college. So right. that's the first place we're going to start. But before we even get to this day, I recommend that all families, and we're going to kind of jump back and forth, but all families should apply for financial aid. October 1st, the FAFSA goes live. October 1st, the CSS profile goes live. And if you think or don't think that you should apply for financial aid, Jody Oaken is always going to say you need to apply. Why? Why? Yeah. Okay, so what happens if you are moving into a year and something terrible happens? Hmm. Your family loses a job. God forbid someone passes away. Uh, maybe the family splits up or something to that effect. Maybe there's elder care or maybe there's a natural disaster called a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No one had any idea was right. going to happen last October 1st. And they were applying for aid to go to school in the fall of 2020. Right. And just to clarify, when when a student, a high school student is applying to college, this timeline that we're kind of Jody and I are talking about is usually during the beginning of senior year, which is fall. 
October. That's when the financial aid paperwork is available and can begin to be filled out and submitted. And to, now we're in May, so we're well past that. So just to remind people of what that, that timeline that we're, we're making some assumptions about. Right. Well, let me ask. So that's a great, I mean, it's what a great illustration, right? Of the, the why you should always apply. Again, I want to push on that a little bit. I have families all the time who, who say to me, I understand it's, it's a good idea to apply, but there's just no way we are going to, our family is going to qualify. We, we just know, uh, we, we, we think we make too much money. It's, it just can't possibly be, you know, anything in the ballpark. And it's hard to fill out the paperwork. It's a lot of time. Right. And we have to gather our tax documents and it's, it's too much trouble. Mm-hmm. Is it the same response that you just never know? Or when, when do you say to a family, yeah, you're probably right. But don't don't bother filling out any of that need-based financial aid paperwork. So my common conversation that I do have with families is, is as follows. The student has done everything. They took their tests. They worked hard. They've done their grades. So that's the admission side. So now it's the parent side to do everything on behalf of that student. So that might mean filling out financials. And mm-hmm. if parents ever think in their mind that they might want to have a conversation with the college, the only way to have a conversation with them is if your free application for federal student aid is filled out or and or the CSS profile. Because if you're sitting in front of me in the financial aid office at the colleges that I work at, the first thing I'm going to say to you is, did you fill out your FAFSA or your CSS profile? Well, no, Jody, I didn't think I qualified. And I am going to be not going to be able to have a conversation and say, I'm so sorry, or have a conversation that says, I'm so sorry. At this point, if those applications are not filled in, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. Okay. So shall we just take lesson number one from the pandemic? Always fill out your financials, whether you're going to qualify or not. Because right. this is a perfect example of people in October, November, December, January, February, March 17th had no idea. Right. And then let's stay back to, let's stay, you know, staying back to the before scenario where you know, a world where there isn't a pandemic and not all these changes in college admission. Right. A family who um, really still has a hard time hearing your advice on whether they should really, truly fill out the financial paperwork. It, could you clarify for me? My understanding is, is if that family, in a way, they're right. You know, they don't qualify for federal need-based aid right. and maybe even in their state, they don't either. Right. right. Um, by simply filling out FAFSA and, and filing that uh, uh, during the application process, they are available for some loans at the very end of the process should they choose to take advantage of that. Is that correct? Yeah. And could you clarify that? Yeah, so that's correct. But even can we even take a step back after, before that or after that where if a family doesn't qualify, the, the staff member will see that. They'll see that they don't qualify. They'll go ahead and mark that that family is maybe not eligible for aid and kind of move it on. But yes, they will always possibly be eligible for a loan, a student loan that might equal 5,500, depending on when this airs or whatever, you know, whatever that is. So, uh, it doesn't hurt 
but it sure can help. Right. Another question I get, or another, I, it, sometimes it's pushback, uh, a resistance to filling out those paperwork, or it's just a, an honest question, a concern is, hey, a family will say, we're, we're pretty pretty certain we don't qualify. And we're worried that if, should we file that, as though we're asking for money, it may somehow reflect poorly on the application for admission to the university. And we're not interested in jeopardizing that because we don't think it will get us any benefit in terms of money. And it might only cost us in terms of chances of admission. Now, I've worked in admission and I have a response to that. I want to hear your response. I work at a college where admissions is up on the hill. It's a beautiful building. Everyone walks in. It's gorgeous. There's food. There's TVs. My office is down in the basement at the back of the campus. We have no windows. All we do is we get a list that says analyze these students who filled out their forms. And if they're no need, they're no need. They're stamped no need. We tell them they're no need. Right. Uh, colleges for admissions can then look at that and see, oh, yes, they applied, but they do have money uh, and they can pay. How right. they decide to pay or whether they want to use that money to pay is obviously up to them, but they do have the ability to pay. Right, right. So. Yeah, and I think drawing that 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 notion of there's ability to pay and willingness to pay right. are two they, totally they work different. in concert and also they're different. And and I always tell families that simply filling out paperwork for financial aid or even a scholarship application and, and whether you are awarded money or not is not reflected in a negative way in an application because um, you're not communicating that you're unwilling to attend the university. You're just going through the steps to see what is available. Yeah. And... Colleges aren't going to deny a student simply because of that. Right. Right. If you meet the okay. admissions criteria, especially I, I certainly don't do admissions or need blind or need aware or any of that. So whether they're looking or not looking, you still have the ability to pay. Right. And so they'll look at that. Okay. So let's, uh, let's get out of, uh, let's come back to reality right now and talk about today and what's been happening and where families are right now. And, um, a lot of families are worried. A lot of students are worried, right? Uh, they're looking at the cost of college, which is already expensive in a lot of people's minds. They are looking at their own financial situation and that of their communities and the state and the country. And they're, it's really uncertain and they're worried. I can imagine there's two potential scenarios of, of families that, that, that we could address. One is a family who has filled out the fi financial aid paperwork. All the paperwork's in order. They may have already been issued a, a financial aid award, whether they deem that to be, you know, sufficient or generous or helping them to pay or still they've got a long way to go is one, you know, a question. And then a family that has not filled out anything uh, at all of a sudden finds and maybe perhaps wonders if they have a need to do that. So let briefly, can we maybe talk about what would your be right now, your advice to a family who filled out all the paperwork mm -hmm. and everything's in order and they're really, but they're nevertheless think the situation has changed for them and they're really worried their ability to pay and their willingness to pay probably has decreased, uh, but they've had already gone through the steps. What do they do right now? 
So right now, uh, it has to happen, financial aid has to happen in chronological order. So if we are talking about a typical high school senior who's going to school in the fall, they were either awarded or not awarded off of their 2018 tax return. Mm -hmm. And so that is just how it goes. That's how financial aid goes. If they are in a situation that might not be great right now and no one is employed or something like that, they have to go through the steps. And the steps are you get awarded off of 2018. You do your 2019 tax returns. Hopefully they're done. Maybe they're not done. You email the college because everyone is working from home because we are living the quarantine life and let them know that your family has a special circumstance that's current. And colleges are going to lead you through the process of chronological order. They're going to look at your award for 2018. They're going to ask for 2019 documentation. And then they might or they might not approach 2020. Okay. So I'm going to stop there in case you have a okay. question. You know, that's great. So let me ask you this. Let's maybe come back to that. But let me ask you the kind of the, the other scenario. A family who did not file their paperwork uh, had assumed that they would be, be turning to other means to pay for college for their student in the fall. And all of a sudden, they're facing very different financial circumstances right now. What's your advice to that family that has done nothing? So my advice is all families should contact the financial aid office, the, the school that their student is attending to find out what they want. Every school okay. is mandated by fed, federal regulations and they might have a specific answer and you and I could probably give them a specific answer. But it, the best thing to do is contact the financial aid office. I okay. didn't fill out the forms. I'm a little concerned. What do you recommend I do? That way they can they can kind of be proactive in that. And if they say, go back and fill out your FAFSA, go back and fill out your CSS profile or fill out this form or I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. Okay. So I think we shouldn't speak for the college. We should let the college financial. Each one's going to have a different criteria. OK, that's good advice. Um one staying on that type of family, you know, um, I know one of the trends for some institutions has been to uh, stop awarding merit-based aid and just focus their money on need-based aid, right, for incoming students. Um, even during these times, even though these times are pretty new and I think colleges are sprinting to, to catch up and figure out how do they need to use their 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 resources to ensure that students are going to enroll and be able to afford to attend. Are you seeing any changes in the way colleges are treating um, merit aid? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I come from a, a college or a few colleges that we would speak one way and privately I would speak one way, which is normally a college does not award more merit. Uh, and if financial need increases, then they will increase that. Um, I have been speaking to families and I have seen some colleges change merit. So if there's a question of affordability, then the family can go ahead and contact admissions and say, you know, we're considering before midnight tonight or midnight whenever you're watching this, you know, it 
whether we can afford this, you know, is there a possibility or something, you know, as far as admissions, thank you very much. We really want to be sugary sweet. These people are working overtime. Everyone is worried about money. And, and so maybe you can say, you know, is there something for my student and go from there? The worst they can say is no. Okay. So in both of these scenarios, these families, these kind of families that I'm thinking about right now, those that have filled out the paperwork previously, followed all the steps, uh, maybe got an award uh, of some sort, and the family that has done nothing, what you're saying right now, if there's concerns, they should be contacting their college. Yes. And when we say contacting college, I'm glad you said something. You said email, right? That's a really important point. Simple, but important, right? Right. Everyone's working remotely. That's probably going to be the most expedient way to get a, somebody's eyes on that message and a response, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And another piece of advice I've tended to give, but I want to hear your thought is under these, with these kinds of questions and, and under these kinds of circumstances, I'll usually say contact the financial aid office directly, right. not necessarily admission, but I sometimes suggest that they start with admit financial aid mm-hmm. uh, and, and put up the highest priority on that. But kind of drop a line to the admission office and say, we're just we're talking with the financial aid office. We just wanted to check in mm-hmm. and let you know uh, we're waiting for a response or they said there isn't anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, is there any other advice you have? Because on occasion, but not often, but on occasion, I've seen admission offices say, oh, well, we have a little bit of discretion. Right. Is that do you see that or is that just kind of a, a one off that I'm thinking about? Well, I mean, I have, you know, I have worked at a college, so I do know that, you know, there are times where I've received an email from admissions and say, hey, yo, <laughs> let's put that money in there. Johnny called <laughs> and, uh, you know, where are you with this? Okay. Um, so uh, I'm not saying that happens with everyone. You know, I work at smaller universities, but uh it can, and we're okay. in a different environment. Um, okay. I'm sure admission staff members right now are probably <laughs> just shaking their heads at us, but we are in a different climate. Yeah. Um, we need students in seats, and you don't know what it looks like. So yeah. we're, we're just saying with the nicest of all language, yeah. feel free to contact yeah. One of the pieces of advice I, I always give to students in particular, but I think this serves for, for families too, for parents, is when you're asking things of college admission officers or financial aid officers, it's always good to be direct, but I also like to be a little bit indirect by saying, you know, here's my situation. What advice do you have for me? So I always like to say, ask for advice because you ask for it. You know, we're all educators and I think we love to be asked for advice. It gets us bought in, right? And that, because I was, when uh, in another career a long time ago, I was a fundraiser. Uh-huh. And I was taught that if you ask for money, which is what we were after, you get advice. Right. But if you ask for, ask for advice, you get money. Yeah. So I kind of think of it the same way now, is ask for advice, get people involved. And you do that politely and nicely and with, with you know, gracious language, so to speak. I, I also have something to add to this which is ask and then stop talking for a minute. Right. 
let them answer. That's right. <laughs> as much as you want to tell the entire book, yeah. um, let them answer. Yeah, I agree. That's a great, a great piece of advice. Yes. Okay. There is an appeal of financial aid decision, right? Tell us a little bit about that because that might be on the minds of families right now. So there's actually five, five, five regulations that the federal government and or a college will let a family appeal. So like I said, number one is loss of income. Number two is maybe change of family situation, um, marriage, divorce, someone passed, elder mm-hmm. care, mm-hmm. private school tuition. And then maybe there's a six of other. Okay. So if any of those work for you, let the college know. That's the process right now. Hasn't changed. Not changing is the same. Okay. Okay. Uh, The other is a natural disaster. Okay. And that's what this is called now. It is. Uh Uh-huh. That pandemic is considered a natural disaster. Okay. So that opens the door for everyone to to at least start an appeal mm-hmm. okay and how you know is it i'm asking a question it's probably hard to answer but you know is it worth it is it worth going through the steps what signals to a financial aid office you know we, we'll open the door and, and start looking at this appeal because of the the five things you've mentioned but how does it move forward So some colleges might have a form they want you to fill out, okay? Some colleges might ask you to write a letter. They're always going to ask proof, document, proof. So if you have the potential of losing your job or maybe the potential of that, that is not going to be a special circumstance. If If you lost your job or you have loss of income of year to date, you're going to need to go in chronological order of providing 2019 tax return and then the piece of paper that says you lost your job. So that the families, they, colleges get audited by an auditor, the federal government and their own college auditor. So they're going to need documentation to give out more funds and that's how they do it. Okay. Well, that's very interesting that basically everybody is in the category right now of potentially being able to appeal. Except I, I, I want to maybe use an example. So uh, remember there was this time when teachers were being laid off. Remember there was that time teachers were being laid off and they'd get a pink slip, mm-hmm. right? So there was a time when teachers would contact the financial aid office and they said, okay, I have a pink slip, you know, I'm going to get laid off. So we were very diligent about saying, okay, you're going to get laid off. We're going to help you. We're going to get money to you. And then what happened was those teachers didn't get laid off. They actually Hmm. only got the pink slip, but then they ended up hiring them back. So this is a specific situation where if you're going to get it, they're not going to be awarding you on what you're going to get. They're going to be awarding you on what actually happened. So you need to prove that. Okay. Good clarification. Okay. So that leads me to then this thought. Everybody can appeal. I know not everybody's going to, right? But everybody, everybody now is eligible, so to speak, to appeal according to those criteria that you mentioned. And let's say many do. And men and colleges are, are, are 
sincerely think these are enough of these appeals are valid. They've got the documentation that you talked about. Right. It's not, you know, conjecture. And so they start handing out more money, let's say, the little that they have. And they're worried about their own finances. How do you how do how do you understand how all of this increased demand on colleges, decreased income that colleges are facing, whether they're public or private or, you know, there's a whole complicated, you know, formula of where funds are coming from for the colleges to pay their own bills. But the truth is, is they're all I think they're all quite worried. How do you think all of this impacts the financial health of colleges and universities going into the next year or two? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a hard question, but, you know, I think that that's, you know, I've, you know, I'm, I'm a huge reader of everything, you know, so the Pell Grant, you know, has been very healthy that that money has been a big pot of money. And now to think that everyone who makes under a certain amount of income might get that Pell Grant and wipe out that bucket of money, that's concerning. Yeah. Uh, so, and then will, if families are giving out institutional money because they use the CSS profile and that institutional bucket decreases, yeah, we, we, there's a question there. And I, I don't think that you and I can answer it, nor should, you know, nor should we speculate. I think we should, right. we should tell our families what to do and how to do it. And so far, Yes, it's probably in the back of the college minds, but families need to do their due diligence and ask. Okay. And apply. Yeah, I like that. Because mm-hmm. some of the questions that I've gotten from families today, last week, you know, happening right now are around the financial, the future financial health, say the short term financial health of the college, right? Some families are saying, is there a danger, not just simply that college will look different next year, but is there a danger that this college I'm going to will go out of business? And that's a bigger question. And We really, it's important for us to get a message across today, which is we can't play the what if. Mm-hmm. And as much as we want to, because we're scared and we're home and we're social distancing, it's important to do what you need to do just in case so that you've done everything. You've opened all the doors, you've dotted all your I's, you've crossed all your T's, you've done everything that the college needs you to do. Because at this point, there's going to be some day where the college is actually going to tell us something. Hmm. And so we want to make sure that we've done all the right things and then they're going to answer us. So, uh, yeah, it's scary. Okay. It is scary, but I like your, I like your advice, but don't play the what if just go through the steps yeah. so that when answers start to emerge, you're, you're prepared and you're not, you can't make the excuse that you're, you didn't have your, um, I didn't know. Um, I didn't think it was going to happen. Any of those, you know, 10 things that can rattle off our tongue. That's right. <laughs> yes. That's right. All right. My final, where I want to go with this is, you know, uh, families are asking me, I, I'm not certain what co- my my college will look like next year. I'm not cer- certain if there'll, there'll be um, in-person classes, uh, only online. Um, I'm hearing reports of some colleges have already started to uh, significantly cut back on the number of dorm rooms that will be available because of social distan- distancing. 
and costs to maintain a clean, self-healthy environment. Just hearing reports, nothing definitive. Um, a lot of families, therefore, are asking, does it even make sense to go to college next year, right? Again, it, it's still expensive for our family and student, no matter where we are and no matter what aid we're getting or how successful our appeals are. And uh, it's not the experience that we wanted, that we thought we were going to have, that I had, that my siblings have had, et cetera. You know, what's your advice to that? You know, what, when do you cut bait and run and say, you're right, it's time to take a gap year or, um, you know, suck it up and say, move on, go to college, yeah. even if it's remarkably different. I mean, I think now's a great time. We're all together. So why don't we have a family meeting, you know, and have a family meeting. And you're right. College may not look like how I went to college, how you went to college, how the parents went to college, how everyone might have that college experience. They, yeah, they're not going to have that, but they're going to have other experiences. This is their new norm. Their graduations already look different. Proms already look different. Uh, summer looks different. So maybe this new experience, whether it's for fall or fall and spring is going to be different, but I know colleges I've seen so many emails and talk to so many colleges. They're trying to create this unique experience for these incoming freshmen that we don't know how long it's going to last. And what does that look like? Uh, maybe there'll be more Zoom meetings. Maybe there'll be more house parties. Maybe there'll be more TikToks. I don't, I don't know how it's going to go, but they're doing a great job of planning. Uh, and this is our new normal. You know, coronavirus is going to come back right? and come back and come back. And so uh, encourage your students to decide where they want to go, how they see themselves and where they want to be sophomore, junior, senior year, because there is life after college. We all know that. And where does employment, turning the lights on, getting a place, what does that look like for them? And th those needs to be a functioning adult, uh, having a job. Um, supporting the economy, maybe having a family, all of those things require um, moving on, right? And not just simply um, staying at home and staying, staying, sheltering in place for a long time. It was brought yeah. to my attention yesterday that uh, a lot of families talk about education. Is it good? Is it bad? What do we think of college education? And someone brought up this point that the, maybe the distance learning isn't working as well so really, you know, if we have to do it for now because we have to do it to, you know, flatten the curve, we all understand that. But college did work. <laughs> Education is working. We just have to right. fine tune it. So. Right. Yep. I like that. Jody, thanks so much. You're welcome. This has been great. Thanks and for I including me. Of course. <laughs> I think it's been really valuable to yeah. everyone here listening to this. And um, maybe we'll have you back when things develop and we'll have new questions and um new things to talk Thanks. about. Thanks. So great. Thank you very right. much. Thanks, Stephen. Take pleasure. care. Bye. Bye.